What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy, what day are we on? Tuesday. Um, not just any Tuesday. This is the day after checks notes. The Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals Tuesday. It's that Tuesday. The one that, you know, you didn't get to mark on your calendars for 47 years. That Tuesday. I don't know where to start. Um, besides, I don't know if it, does it feel real to you? Because it doesn't still feel real to me yet. Um, maybe it Uh, won't officially feel real until the banner is hung up, but it's still just weird to me seeing like the national storylines being Jokic in some shape or form. Is he the best player? Is he... Um, the best big man is he a, a, an all-time player? Is he this? Uh, are the Denver Nuggets on the verge of a dynasty? It's just it's just weird seeing the Denver Nuggets of all teams dominate not only local coverage but national coverage. Yeah, it, yeah, uh, it's been it's been a crazy day. Um, it feels like. They went from being the Denver Nuggets to the, I don't want to say Lakers, to the Golden State Warriors overnight. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's what happens, right? I mean, you didn't know who the Golden State Warriors were really, like, before they they won, right? So, um, that's what happens. That's what happens when you win. It, it has hit me because, because of what you said. Everybody everybody is talking about them and not just talking about them, leading their shows with them, having 80% of their shows about them. Um, yeah, it, that's what made it hit was just the, the coverage of it. Um, it's, I never thought I'd see the day. It, It is, it's unbelievable. It's un- <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I can't believe it. No. I really can't. And and I got to I you know I told you about what I the I knew what I was gonna tweet and put on Facebook or whatever for a while, um, if they had won, and I I got to type that up last night, and that was that was really cool. That was, uh, I was, I kind of had that in the back of my mind for, uh, I, I mean, I told you, uh, for, I don't know, since the playoffs started, since they got Minnesota, um, that was, that was a cool moment. And then being able to text, uh, a, a bunch of people at Altitude Radio, um, listening to causes, uh, final call and and watching him tear up at the end and uh yeah texting Bert texting Kaz texting Baca um it's it's crazy uh, I really never if I if I knew this was going to happen I'd still be there that that's how little I thought that this could ever happen yeah I never thought I'd see the day either. Um, And just to give you kind of, I don't want to say full circle, but um, just kind of like a 
you got some pie on your face type of moment for all the people that were like, oh, Miami, Denver, this is going to be a lame finals. The 2023 NBA playoffs, which were dominated by those two teams, um, averaged 5.47 million viewers across ABC, ESPN, and TNT, making it the most watched in five years. Yep. So I don't think people had much problems still watching the boring Denver Nuggets. Um, is this, and I know we're a day removed, so there's going to be some recency bias, but, and maybe this is a question like yours from the last pod that you need to take time to digest on. Is this to you more enjoyable as a fan than Super Bowl 50 seeing that one? Yes. Yes. Um, well, hands down, but there's a bunch of different reasons for that. One, even though I was a Broncos fan first, I've been, I've always been a bigger Nuggets fan. Um, I started watching the NBA in 2003, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron Mello's rookie year. I remember sitting at the kitchen table and there was a magazine in the middle of the table. And on that cover, I believe it was sports illustrated. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, pretty sure we could, I could look it up and find it, but it was mellow in the center. Yep, I know exactly and which one you're talking about. they're wearing these light blue jerseys, and I pointed at it, and I asked my dad, who are they? What is that? And he said, well, those are the Denver Nuggets, and, and they just drafted that uh, that guy, and his name is Carmelo Anthony. So from that day, it's been 20 seasons, mm-hmm. and on the 20th season of me being a fan of, of this team, they win it. Um it's not as long as a uh, long as a void for uh, like most or like a lot of other people, but Still two decades. Um, I mean, making the playoffs for 10, 11 straight years, getting on the first round once, mm-hmm. realizing, oh, like this is what it's like to be a Nuggets fan. No, no one likes to play here. Um, things crazy things happen to to derail a season. Like, this is what it is. And, you know, Jamal getting hurt. And, like, that was... That night felt like it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of the worst nights that I felt as a fan of this team. And for for him to come back, for MPJ to come back, uh, I mean it's it's just it's incredible. And and this one championship, we we've talked about this before. Well, I've talked about this with with other people. Like this means more. This one means more than most other championships that fans go through. Like this one. This one means a lot, and uh, it weighs heavier than, say, a Lakers championship now or even a Warriors championship now, a Celtics championship. It weighs so much more, and, and enjoy it. Enjoy it, Nuggets fans. Like You only you only get to experience this once. Even yep. if they go on to win more, you only get to experience this once, So so enjoy it. I would agree that this, to me, holds more weight than Super Bowl 51 because the Broncos already had two going into that. Um, with Super Bowl 50, it was more of like, man, I just want to see them do it. 
you know? With this one, it was like, well, I want to see them do even, it. But even that one, though, because that was the first for, for, uh, for, at least for me, I didn't watch the first two. Right, no, I, so, I, I mean, I don't remember anything about the first two. But that was right, like, for me, I, that's I think what the thing was. was like, that team, that team felt more random. It was more of like, wow, like, that team act like I don't know how to explain it. It just that the the Broncos it felt like it was gonna happen at some point. It was just a matter of when. See, I this I don't I don't think so. I mean I think different. after the first two years it to me it didn't feel that way. Well I thought after the first sure, two but years it, it, it was it was done. Well that's what I mean though, is like when they had signed Peyton, it, it felt like okay, they're gonna win one. Like they're gonna they're gonna win one at some point. And even though it wasn't the way we all thought it would happen, I don't know. The Broncos winning just felt different. Yeah. It. Well, it's it's because it was. It I just, mean, you you signed it. It was. I don't want to say that they. The, it the, felt the, the like Broncos you know what? Bought it. It, it was the end of it was the end of it. It was. It was. They did it. They finished it. They completed it. It was over. This doesn't feel like that. Even though it, uh, it, you can go back and look at the run and look at the journey, it's not over. Well, and, and I, I'm, I'm I think that's a, a big. So. Sure, but I, I just think that's a a big part of it too. And that that's fair. That's a fair point. And I also think too, there's just there's just strict differences in the Broncos bought the pieces they needed. They didn't draft Peyton. They didn't draft DeMarcus. They didn't draft TJ Ward. No, yeah, that's they, true too. So they went out and got those guys. Now it doesn't make it any less sweet. And I think too, you know, it not being their first one, like for me, it was like, man, I just want to be able to say, I saw my team win a title type of thing. Um, knowing that they had those two with this mm-hmm. one, it was everything you mentioned. It was organic. It was finding guys that, you know, the, the main guy, which no one would have thought, would anything would have come out of that? Yeah. It was yeah, taking yeah. a Jamal Murray who was passed over and putting your chips there. It was the moves and, and the bumps and bruises and turns you had to go along the way. It was taking a chance on Michael Porter. It was all these things. It was the highs and lows of getting to that first playoff and then losing to Portland in devastating fashion. Um, after before that. Losing in game, what, 82 or 83 against Minnesota. Um, 82, yeah. Yeah, 82. Losing in that fashion. And then you get over the hump. And then you get to, you know, the bubble. You know, and you're like, okay, they might be on the precipice of something. And then, oh, you lose Jeremy Grant and it was a setback. And then, oh, Jamal gets hurt. And I agree with you. That was one of the darkest days as a fan I've ever experienced. Because it felt just kind of hopeless at that point. That you, you could never really envision this moment. And then you get to the next season, and nine games in, Mike injures himself on a on a random dunk on a fast break, and you're like, "Well, this is this really may never happen ever." Um, and you see Jokic reach heights individually that you're you're just like, "Man, if if these guys were just right, what could be? What could be?" And then you trade for Aaron Gordon, and then it was moving guys like Gary Harris and get, getting off of those contracts. The guys that meant something, Paul Millsap, and say what you want, but Will Barton, you know, things like that. You had to move off of those guys. 
And then Tim Connolly leaves. And, and for me, at the time, I panicked about that. I was like, oh, man, this guy was an architect here. He built all this. Like, who's going to take over? It was the uncertainty of Calvin Booth and all that. And then for everything just to fall into place, this year, uh, Jokic doesn't win an MVP. They drove me nuts all year long with light switch on, light switch off, power off, power on. <laughs> We're just going to nosedive at the end of the year. And then it was, oh, man, we got to go through the Tim Connolly nuggets with lots of Denver connections there. Okay, you get past that. You should have. And then it's, okay, well, it's it's Phoenix. And, of course, it's Kevin Durant. Of course, it's Devin Booker who's on a heater right now. And you get through that, and you avenge what happened a few years ago. And I think everybody feels like if the Nuggets were healthy, that, that series would have been different as well. Um, maybe, maybe the Nuggets don't win, but I can guarantee you it's not a sweep. And then it's, oh, you got to face the big, bad, big, bad Lakers that stood in your way for however long. What, what were they? 0 and 7 in playoffs against? I, 0 and 6 or 0 and 7. I can't remember. Yeah. And you had to get past that. And it's okay. Wow. You made it to the finals. And now you're facing this Cinderella team that's on a magical run. And I can see why people thought, oh, this is just destiny for them. This is a team that doesn't quit. This is a team that you literally have to pull from the lion's mouth every win every win because they will not make it easy for you and for them to do it after last night how that game felt it felt like game two all over again everything was stacked against them you had the foul trouble you had the missing of the shots you had just everything going wrong it was a slow game there was no pace to it kyle lowry is just notoriously no disrespect to Kyle Lowry notoriously a playoff underperformer is that fair to say like in his Toronto years I mean he him and DeMar just completely underperformed and this guy's I think out it was more so, I I think it was more so DeMar than okay than Lowry. but I don't, I don't think Lowry, Lowry was great I don't, Lowry was great in uh, Toronto's championship run in the championship run but outside of that year I don't think he was great there was a lot of inconsistency there at least from what I can remember and he's out here hitting dagger threes and just chucking stuff up. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And then you have Kevin Love, who just seems to always torch the Nuggets since his Minnesota days. Just playing great in spots, not all the time, but hitting clutch threes. It just felt like, uh, is this really going to happen? But in true Nuggets fashion, they don't make it easy on themselves at any step of the way. And they slowly but surely find ways to battle back, take the lead. Oh, we're up six with like two minutes left. You think this is over? No, we're going to let Jimmy Butler hit two threes and they're going to actually go up one and it's going to be sweated out time. And I just thought it was just so awesome. I really wanted Michael to have a big game last night. And how I envisioned it happening, did it's not how it went down, but he had a big game. And mm-hmm. I think that speaks volumes to where he's at as a, as a player. Because a couple years ago, if Mike's shot's not falling, I think he just disappears. Um, and I think this is also a credit to Malone for not going away from him completely. Now, I know Bruce closed the game. But Malone, prior to that, would have just completely just went away from him. And he had a few times in this series. Just kind of completely shut him out, I feel like. But for MPJ to still make an impact on the boards to get into the lane, make those tough floaters. I thought he kept them afloat for much of the game. And it was really cool to see that it wasn't Jamal, 
It wasn't Jokic. It wasn't AG. It was Michael Porter who kept you alive and you needed him. And he did it. And he hits a three that was huge in that game. He only hit one, but he hit one that's huge. And then down the stretch, it's Jamal hitting a shot here and there. And then it's the big fella really late down the stretch, making a couple layups, making a couple plays. But kudos to Calvin Booth because two of the most key plays to help them win was the Bruce Brown putback and the KCP steal and the free throws he knocked down. And for those guys to be Calvin Booth's signings, I mean, I don't know if Tim Connolly does that move to trade for KCP. I don't know if he does sign Bruce Brown. But man, <laughs> does it look like he struck gold at every point of the offseason. Christian Brown had a game. Bruce Brown had a lot of moments in the series. KCP, even though he didn't shoot well, he kept them afloat a lot in that Lakers series and played well throughout the playoffs. Um Everything just came together, and it was organic. It was a seven- to eight-year process, and it was built, and it was earned every moment of the way. And you see a lot of people today still trying to find ways to discredit, oh, it was an easy run, oh, this and that. I don't even care. It doesn't matter at this point. All it is is just an opinion, and you can take a look at this trophy that they now have in their case. So I love it. I don't think it was an easy run. I really don't. I don't I don't now, either, what, people now, are just trying to say that. The, when you add up the seeds, it's the uh, uh, highest, which would be the worst, right? Mm-hmm. Um, seeds that anyone's ever played. But I retweeted it earlier today. They played the most all-stars in a playoff run in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for a team that's won, at least. Uh, Denver's title run in- included... Shout out to, um, to Jake. Yeah. Uh, Denver's title run included overcoming opponents who had a combined 85 career all-star appearances. That is the most all-star selections ever beaten in a championship run in NBA history, surpassing the 2014 Spurs, whose opponents had a combined 81 all-star selections. The Spurs, uh, they that was the year they beat the Heat in the NBA Finals. Yeah, um, yeah uh, it was, it's a, a lot of people are kind of discrediting Minnesota, and I'm still going to say it. I think Minnesota was, at least for Jokic, was the hardest series. Because, um, uh, you know, he had two seven-footers on him pretty much all game. Uh, that Minnesota series was tough. Like It was really tough. I mean, every series um, was tough. I don't every think series they, was tough. Even I though mean, they it, swept the Lakers, it was four right. hard-earned games. <laughs> But when you look at the record, they only lost four times. They went 16 and four. It's one of the same as the abs. Yeah, it's one of the best records um, to a championship in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to do it against a multi-time defensive player of the year. Uh, to do it against two superstars. Uh, in which one player shot 80% in two games. I, yeah. Uh, to do it against, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time, albeit him being older, uh, Anthony Davis, who is recognized as one of the best defensive players in the league. To do it against the Miami Heat team, who's won, by the way, over the last four years, 
Miami Heat have won the most playoff games over the last four years. Yeah, and they've been to two finals in and the they've last been to three or four two years. Finals. And yeah, they were like a shot away from making three in a row. Yeah. So I think it's it's funny to me because all we heard coming into one, first off, there was there was people it's not not a lot, but there were some people picking Minnesota to beat Denver, like analysts and things like that. Like that was a thing. Okay. Oh, I didn't see that. Um that, no, that was a thing. And then oh. also you heard what did you hear about the Lakers coming to the playoffs? Oh, they're not your average seven seed. Well, this there's isn't... that famous uh, clip on ESPN uh, when they're at they're at the desk and uh, the Lakers at the time were a 12 seed and just made all their trades and they're winning some games. And they asked um, how big of a or they asked, could the Lakers beat the Nuggets as an eight one? And all yeah. of them raised their hand. And ironically enough, Tristan Thompson raised his hand and he said he raised both hands saying it was for uh, the other and was for Vince, Vince Carter. So, I yeah. mean, I mean, they were a 12 seed at the time. They were, they were thinking that they could beat the Nuggets as an 8 seed. That's all we were hearing. They're, they're not they're not your average 7 seed. They're no. not this and then you hear, "Oh, well, once KD trade, the KD trade was made." I mean, they're the bets swung no. to them as the well, favorites the, the, West, the West. The West was wide open, right? Right. I mean, that's what everyone said. You know why? Cuz the Nuggets were the one seed. So you had all of that. You had all of that. And you have this Miami Heat team. Say what you want. Yeah, they were a playing team. But this is a team that's got championship pedigree. You hear Heat culture a lot. Jimmy Butler, who's, you know, I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's a star, but I don't think he's one of those guys that can, you know, carry you to what you need to be. Um, and I think they were on a magical run. But I think when you get, when we get further and further removed, people will see, oh man, the Nuggets really went through LeBron, AD, Kevin Durant, Devin yeah. Booker, Jimmy Butler, all these guys in, in one playoff run. And Nikola did it without any all-stars on his team, any top 75 players on his team. Now, granted, we he think He wasn't Jamal, a top 75 player. Who? Jokic. No, I'm saying like he didn't have any other well, top 75. Well, and he's not, not a, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not he's only not that, he wasn't. So for all that to go their way, I just think it's funny because people, and it's only a few people, you know, like the Skip Baylesses and like those type of people um, that are trying to find ways to discredit it. You have a lot of people saying, well, well, Jokic didn't really get challenged. And it's like, okay, here we go. He played Rudy Gobert, who's a three-time defensive player of the year. He played AD, like you said, who's arguably recognized as one of the best defensive players, not only alive, but maybe all time. Um... I think he has, doesn't he have a deep boy, if I'm not mistaken, as well? You have Bam Adebayo, who's one of the most versatile bigs. Granted, he's undersized, yeah, absolutely. But he's still one of the better big defenders in the league. And how many different defenses did Jokic see in this yeah. playoff run? Every, every single one. And he did whatever his team needed him to do. And not only did he do it, but his teammates did that. Whatever anybody needed to be on a given night, they were that. If Jamal needed to score 40 for them to win a game versus Minnesota, he scored 40. If he needed to get 10 assists in Miami to get a game four, he was going to get 10 assists to get game four. If Aaron Gordon needs to go out there and get 27 when everybody else was struggling, he'll go get 27. If MPJ, who couldn't hit a three, had to just bang the boards and find a way to keep his team alive, even if his shot wasn't falling, he did that last night in a closeout game. Bruce Brown, Christian Brown. Whatever the team needed, the team as a whole 
was malleable enough to fit that need. And I just think it's awesome. Um, kudos to Malone for pressing the right buttons. There was times where it was like, I don't know if he's the right guy or not. And kudos to him. He proved he was the right guy. So, I mean, say what you want. People are going to say what they want. Um, but you can't, you can't take it away. These guys are etched in, in history now. And you have both Murray and Jokic making history, which I think is just awesome in their own rights. Um, Jamal has set some records, joining lists that include like Jordan and I think there was one like Magic and things like that. Yeah, he so he's the f- either the fourth or fifth player ever to average twenty points and ten assists in the finals. It's insane. And then you have Jokic who averaged, or excuse me, accumulated was first in points, rebounds and assists for the entire playoff run. I can't believe that's never been done before. That's crazy. Like not I just, I was like, had Le- I was like, how LeBron. did LeBron not do that? Cause there was runs where LeBron averaged like 30 something, eight and eight. I was like, damn. And like, this, this is a playoff that include the names that I mentioned, included Giannis, included Steph, included LeBron, AD, Kevin Durant, Booker, the list goes on and on. All the names, all the people that it included. Joel Embiid, James Harden. It wasn't any of those guys. It was the fat boy. And I loved his quote today. I don't know if it was today or whenever it was when he did that <laughs> that interview with Malika Andrews. And he said, don't doubt the fat boy. And they doubted. And I'm just glad we were right. I'm glad it came to fruition. I'm glad he's... I think he's enjoying it. I mean, I think it's hilarious that it's still his comments are so just like they ask him, you know, how do you feel? I'm glad we won. Glad we got the job done. Now we can go home. <laughs> I'm just like, man, you're perfect. You're well, perfect. He's like, when's the parade? <laughs> when's the parade? Thursday. I got to go home. All he cares about is going home. Nobody likes their job. If they tell you they do, they're lying. Like, wow, this guy is a gem. He's a treasure. And and then to contradict that with Murray's emotions, mm-hmm. I mean, for him to just lay it all out there on the podium and you could just see how much it meant to him. Um, and I, I'm really thankful, too, that Lisa Salters took the time to talk to MPJ. I was so happy that yeah. Yeah. she brought him up, too, at the very end because I was like, man, yeah. I really hope they they talk to Mike. And I just I just think it's awesome. Everything about this team is awesome. Um, and, and we can talk to, I mean, if you have anything to comment on that, you can, but, uh, we can get to like the dynasty talk. I don't, I don't well, even real quick, think about just, it. I just want to go over all the things that happened last night Yeah, because, you know, there's, there's some great stories every year. I don't remember these, this many just ridiculous things happen. Like, you know, the whole JR taking his shirt off, whatever. But the story is coming out. And look, obviously, there's more when, when you're the fan of the team and, you know, you're hearing the local stories, right? Mm-hmm. But um, just not not just the press conference stuff, but, well, even then, I mean, Jokic pouring beer on KCP and making him leave. Hilarious. Um, and then, you know... It, Telling everyone to give him a uh, give him uh, uh, an applause. Um, Hilarious, pulling Jamal into the pool. 
pulling Jamal into the pool and, and seeing his face realizing, oh, I'm going in the pool too. Not figuring out uh, how to open a champagne bottle and spray it correctly at he people. He didn't know how to spray the bottle. Um, uh, his daughter, that was awesome. Him uh, just leaving doing the, the doing finals the, MVP trophy at the podium well, and not even that was hilarious. About it. And Bruce grabbed it. He was like, "Where, where did Yoke go?" He, he <laughs> and, could care less about that. And Yoke, care did less. He, Jokic was in the corner in the very back, yeah. just kind of standing there, like, Couldn't "All right, I'm done." Less. Because you know um, what? The most important thing was on his around his neck, and that was his daughter. Yeah. Um, and then, and and then there's a there's a video of him hugging AG in the in the hallway. And then after they hug, he pours beer on on AG. Um, I don't know why he wanted to pour beer on everyone. Um, Must have blind everyone apparently. <laughs> and then to top it all off, I'm in bed and I I see a tweet come up and I'm like, is this fake? And it's AG walking downtown, shirtless, and a mob of people walking yeah. home because he tried to go drive home. He couldn't because the streets were blocked. So or not, he wasn't driving. It wasn't his car, but someone was taking him home, and he walked home. Yeah, he with he his was, chain around there, his neck. There, there was a video of him at the at the uh, 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 civic center, I believe. I think I saw the civic center in the background. Yeah, and There's he's lots just, of videos. just the people are just following him, and and he's going crazy and. Just, I mean, his po- his press conference with uh, Bruce is him saying Bruce gonna get paid. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything that happened last night was it was crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. And then there's some stories about Christian going crazy, and uh, D Mac was telling a story where he uh, he was kind of walking out, uh, ready to go home. And he sees Christian, no shirt either. Yeah. Uh, hanging with a couple of his buddies. And they're, he kind of explained it like a student trying to sneak out of school type of thing on the last day of school. And he runs into his teacher. Uh, well, he ran into Malone. They hugged. They, you know, Malone said a couple things. Malone goes and then Christian walks out. And all of a sudden you just hear them screaming in, in the, in the parking lot. Um, yeah. Just the amount of stories, uh, just absolutely crazy. And uh, I'm I'm waiting to see who's on if anyone's going to be on Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon? No, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, yeah, one of those. I'm curious. It, it will, won't be Jokic. No, it, no, Jokic won't be the one. I, I'd be shocked if it wasn't Ag or Jamal. Yeah, it, it's going to be either Ag or Jamal for sure. Um, Jamal, I think. Look, I, Jamal's enjoying it, and I, I, I think. Kind of how Super Bowl Fifty went, where Peyton kind of just went in the background and and you know whatever did his thing, um, and Vaughn kind of took the 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 tour, the world mm-hmm. tour type of thing. I think I think Jamal is going to have that this year. This is Jamal's time. Like this yep. is this is for this is this one feels more like it's for Jamal than than anyone else's. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ag walking around the. Sh- I was like, brother, like. I, I get it. You're happy. I can't believe it. That's insane. Are, there was a shooting downtown, and you're walking around well, with like I don't a think he knew. 24 carat diamond whatever around your yeah. neck, shirtless. And to be like, fair, he did have a mob around him that I think would have backed him up if anything had happened. 
what if one of those moms was like, hey, I need to pay my rent this month. Look at that necklace. That might be nice to have. Yeah, but even then, it would have been one person. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Yeah, maybe. I I feel like AG was... Just super, he was pr- he was protected by Nuggets fans. He super, was super super risky, but it's still crazy. It's and you it's know, a far walk, by the way. Right. He was he was down at the Civic Center. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's far from the from Pepsi Center, Ball Arena, whatever. Good for that's him though. Insane. Good for him because I don't know if there was a guy that sacrificed outside of him and MPJ. Those two guys probably have sacrificed the most for this team. Yeah. Aaron Gordon going from a number four overall pick to being maybe if not the guy, a guy, a cornerstone piece that they, that they thought they could build around in Orlando didn't work out. Um, he could have easily went to a different place and thought, you know, I just need to be in a better situation. They don't know how to use me. I can still be this. No, he came into this and was like, whatever you want me to do, I'll I'll do so we can win. And a lot of players say that, right? Like that's you, you just have to wait and see. And he truly did that. He guarded the other team's best players round after round, night after night. Um, He's fine with scoring eight points, and he's fine with scoring 27 points. Um, It doesn't matter. MPJ, we all know what he can do scoring the basketball, but at times he's relegated to go sit in the corner while me and Jokic do this. And he's fine with that. And I believe he made, I didn't hear this, but I believe he made a comment that he was glad that Malone closed with Bruce last night because that's essentially what the team needed to win. And he was fine with that. And just for, for all of this to fall into place like that is it's insane. It's awesome. It's just, just enjoy it because this is something you don't get really ever in sports. Um, like a guy's now to, to win any sort of championship, you have to have selfless guys, but this doesn't happen to a Denver Nuggets team a lot. And that's why when we get to like the dynasty talk, I'm just like, man, we just got one. Like, I get it. I'm fine. I'd like, of course I want more. Absolutely. But so many things can happen in a season. There's so much unpredictability in a season, right? All it takes is one bad landing and it changes your outcome of a season. All it takes is for one guy to be like, you know what? I did sacrifice and we did win. And now it's time for me to get mine. You know, like it, things can change quickly in sports. I remember when the Suns lost to Milwaukee in the finals a few years ago. The talk was Suns possible dynasty. That was a thing too. And look where that went. You know, they don't have the same coach anymore. Things are changing there. Neither do the Bucks. Exactly. So while I get it, I understand it. Understand it's for content and all that, and on paper it does look like yeah the Nuggets do have a shot. I mean they're all locked down for at least the next two to three years outside of Bruce, and you know we can get you know later on in off season podcasts, you know if if we'll see if Bruce really does want to stay here. There was comments after the game that you know I do want to stay here. Money isn't everything, but I can guarantee you once he sees the offer sheet, you know oh, yeah. might change. So yeah. if he stays, awesome. I have full faith in this team. If he doesn't stay, yeah, that would hurt. But you know what? I'll be happy for him because he helped this team do things that I never thought I'd see before. So it's awesome. I get it wanting to be excited about the future dynasty. Just enjoy this one right now (laughs) because you don't know how things can change or what next year looks like or what it holds. We got one. 
I'm happy about the one for right now. Um, Real quick before we move on to some of the uh, uh, bigger things like, you know, the Jokic and, and maybe the game itself, whatever. Um, real quick, I just want to say uh, I'm I'm so happy for some of the media people um, that have been with this team yeah. for decades. Um, first, uh, cause Jason Kuzminski, the the play-by-play for the Nuggets radio. Um, I I don't even know how long he's been with the organization over over twenty years, maybe thirty years. Um, seeing seeing him call those final seconds. That's when it really hit me. Um, that was so awesome. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for Bert. Um, for, for Baca, for Jesse, for, uh, for Vic. Yeah. Marlo Hastings. Um, just, uh, it was awesome to work with them for, for however many years, and uh, I'm I'm just I'm so happy for for all of them to uh, just stick it out that long and and to finally finally see it. It's just it's awesome. Yeah, um, I thought it was hilarious. Causes the end of his call was like, "Now Nuggets fans can die in peace," <laughs> and it's it, I I chuckle at that because. That my boss asked me yesterday before the game, he was like, "So when they win tonight, like, are you gonna be happy? Like, what is your feeling gonna be?" I'm like, honestly, I told him, I was like, honestly, if they win, I think I'm gonna feel more relieved that this is finally over yeah. than happy. Like, I felt nothing but stress in this, and he laughed, but I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like, no, that's I, what I felt. I I thought I'd be jumping around, screaming. I nothing. <laughs> Yeah, Nothing. I mean, I, I was happy, you know. There was like, high I was fives happy, and things like, like that, but it was it was just like relief, like okay, yeah. Yeah. now I can rest this off season. And it, it yeah. really felt like, and and that's why when I saw Jokic's comments too, of like, we got the job done, we can go home now. It like I immediately and I tweeted it out last night, like the Thanos gif of him yeah. just coming out, seeing the sunset, and he just sits down. And he's just like, ah, like that. That was just me. That that's. That's how I would sum up my experience last night of just like, okay, we've done it. We're here. We can enjoy it for right now. I don't care what next season looks like at this time. We'll deal with that when the off season comes in checks, watch seven days, uh, nine days, whenever the draft is. And we'll worry about all that stuff then. But right now the Denver Nuggets are your 2023 NBA champions. And I think that's just the coolest thing to say right now. Um, I think I sent you this tweet earlier, but the state of Colorado, I think is the only state. Yeah. Only state in the last decade, the only city to have to, to win a Super Bowl, a Stanley cup and a final and a NBA championship. Insane. Insane. And everybody's like, all right, Rockies, your turn. And I'm like, oh, well, let's not hold our breath on that <laughs> I saw someone tweet that, and then uh, someone replied, and they there was a gif of, like, just bones. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't uh, hold your breath well, on not, that Well, not the Nuggets bones, but, like, literal bones just yeah, on no, the ground, yeah, you know. just in a graveyard. Um, no. And then Stan Kroenke, too. I mean, say what you want about them as owners. 
what a run it's been for them the last yeah. few years. I mean, the Rams winning a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the Avs, the Nuggets. I know the people Mammoth. Don't, yeah, people don't care about the Mammoth, but the Mammoth have like seven championships or something stupid like that. So, and he owns all of them. So they're doing something right, um, despite, you know, all of our gripes here um, in Nuggets Nation about how he's uh, never spent. Um, and that's something you can't say either, you know? And kudos to them for oh. finally spending, and it paid off. Now, yeah. a lot of things had to fall into place, but they did. Yeah. And, and you know one thing and and i mean maybe this could wait but i'm gonna say it anyways a lot of people are talking about how patient they were in not firing malone i will say i don't think it was patience i think it was more so cheapness but maybe maybe but, but credit, it worked out credit to them for <laughs> it worked, it worked out. out it worked out we'll so, never know. You know we'll never have to be in that dimension <laughs> so we'll never know um i was like hold the phone there uh yeah, and, and I remember people, too, calling for, for his head. And I've always liked Malone. I did. I wasn't sure if he was the guy, but you know what? He yeah. proved that he is the guy, and kudos to him as well. Um, yeah. I mean, what else What else do you want to hit on? I just wanted to talk about where Jokic is now. Yeah. Um, I don't... We can get into Dynasty stuff later. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about Jokic because... It's so crazy how in in like two months, not even, it went from Embiid is the better player to man, Embiid <laughs> has been taking some strays from his own from hours. his own people, from his own supporters. My goodness. Like you have people I mean, coming it out is, apologizing to Nuggets fans saying we were wrong, the gap is significant. Not only that, like national media is yeah. already killing them. Yeah. Uh and it's funny because I was talking to my brother-in-law about it. He's a Warriors fan, but we're talking about the MVP race next year. And how, honestly, I think it's between Giannis and Jokic. I don't think Dallas is going to win enough. Uh, Booker's interesting. I don't think Tatum will win it. Well, he might, but Tatum's kind of been getting some heat too. Yeah. Like, a lot of the guys who are, you know, the MVP, like the best players in the in the league that could win MVP, they've had a lot of postseason failures. And look, it's a regular season war, award. Mm-hmm. So if Luca has a great season and they're a top three, four seed and he wins it, they well deserved. But other than Luca, I guess I just don't see Dallas being that good. But if they are that good, Luca will win it. Other than Luca, like it's gonna be interesting mm-hmm. watching the MVP race next year because. You know who won't be mentioned is Joel Embiid. And that is kind of just across the board a consensus like, yeah, like Embiid, nah. And and that's that is the only person that I that I saw today say that Embiid is still, you know, up there with Jokic was was Skip. Yeah. That's of the course, only yeah, person. He's, he's not gonna ever die on any hill yeah. and say he was. And wrong. even and as much hate as Nick Wright has gotten from Nuggets fans, I've actually, for the most part, agreed with his statements about Jokic. Um, you've got to do it to take that next step, right? You, you've got to win to be mentioned with those players, with with the Wilts, with, with Kareem, Russell, Duncan, Bird, Shaq, you know, Steph, LeBron, Giannis. 
Magic, you you have to be Jordan, obviously. You have to win in order to get there. And a lot of the well, he hasn't done anything in the postseason. So we're not going to give him a third straight MVP. I thought was fair. I thought that was fair. Now, granted, you know, the injuries prevented him from mm-hmm. doing so, uh, which is also fair to to argue that. But you do have to win in this league in order to mm-hmm. be recognized like that. And we're seeing it as a Nuggets and as a whole, right? The the whole world knows that the, the that the Nuggets exist, which you could not say that 24 hours ago. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of new Nuggets fans around the world, and there's going to be yep. a huge spike in yep. Med Name Nicola. Yep. So, so you have to win, and Jokic can you can now call an all-time great. You can uh, now call uh, him, and and no, I I don't think you could have called not not that type of all-time great. He was to me. Sure, as a Nuggets fan, maybe not resume wise, and that's fine. But 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 twenty four hours ago, you could not call him a, an all all time great. You can't. You couldn't. Not a top twenty. Not not a top thirty player in NBA history. Maybe eventually he'd he'd hit that. But you could not call him that today. You can call him that. And um, I actually went and made uh, my top twenty list. Uh, of players all time. So real quick, I, I, I want to go through and see what you think. Obviously, the one and two are, are going to be disagreed. We don't need to get into that. But I have LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Magic, Russell at five, Tim Duncan, Will, Kobe, Bird, Shaq at 10. 11 is Steph. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon is 12. Jerry West is Jerry West is thirteen. Doctor J is fourteen. Moses is fifteen. Kevin Durant is sixteen. Giannis is seventeen. Jokic is eighteen. Isaiah Thomas is nineteen. Uh, and then I have Dirk at twenty. Um, now this is right now. This isn't what I'm projecting. Because <laughs> if I'm projecting, I think Jokic and Giannis will be higher. Um, but that is right now and Steph could end up being higher too. Steph could get into top 10. Um, so that is right now. Uh, and I could here, I'll, I can type my list so you can see it, but, um, what do you think of where I put Jokic? Is that, I mean, I don't, to be honest, when it comes to those lists, it's, it's just so hard for me to go off of that because I didn't see 70% yeah, sure. of those guys I, play and we're just right. going I'm, off of numbers and things like that. Numbers, uh, awards, like all NBAs. Yeah. And we don't, we don't DPOIs. have context for things like no. that. Um, so, I mean, you have to kind of have to just go off of, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really care where Jokic lands on anyone's top 20 list to me. And I, I, I get why you said, you know, you can't have him as an all time player to me. I mean, I was calling this guy a future first round hall of famer, um, yes, first, first ballot, ballot sure. Hall of Famer years but ago. There's another level when you win. Totally, get there's it. another level. You got to like, build the resume. Charles Barkley is an all-time great. He's not an all-time great. You got to have the resume, and I'm not disputing yeah. that. But if I'm just looking at it as an as just talent on the court, he's to me. He was already in my mind cemented as that. I already think he's the most skilled big ever. I don't yeah. think that's the lunacy to say, despite mm-hmm. what some people. And you're starting to see that. 
conversation be had already today. Nope. Um, no, like I, the, I agree with you. I think he is the most skilled big of all time. I, yeah, I do. and I don't, I don't think it's close. And I think he's. We talk about guys who have changed the game. He's changing the game. Don't be shocked if you see more centers come up like him now that mm-hmm. try to do it all. And you're already starting to see that mold of guys in yep. Sangoon. Sangoon, yep. In Houston. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see... The bonus in Sacramento. Exactly. More of these guys. Now, I think... But, but there, but it's... it's and, it, and this is why it's, it's so funny because I, I forgot about this and it just popped in my head. Um, you know what I've always said about you can all like certain players only I believed only certain types of players could lead you to win a championship. Remember mm. what my thing was? Well, you you jumped off the Jokic train. I stayed on it. No, I I have you always did. said you I don't did. believe that uh, that the best player on your team on a championship team in this in the modern day NBA obviously you know, older was different, but in the mid to late two thousands that you could not, since Shaq, I guess you could not have a point guard or a center as your best player on a championship team. And I always said that Steph was the exception to the rule because of his shooting. He's the greatest shooter of all time. And I think that Jokic joined Steph as the two exceptions. Sure. Steph is the exception at point guard. Jokic is, is the exception at center. And the reason why I say that is because they can do things that no that most other like 99% of the other players at their position can't do it. They can do things that those guys can't. Yeah. Right? No, For they, Steph, they it was it. a shooting. Steph changed not only changed the game, but even you see it now. Give me one point guard in this league right now you think can lead a team to a championship. I mean, I I, I couldn't tell you that. I couldn't because there it's isn't. a win-dominated league. I mean, I agree there with isn't. you. There isn't. But I didn't, I didn't get center. off that Jokic trade. There isn't any guy. There isn't any. Now, Embiid might be close, but I don't know. There no, isn't I don't guy. think so. I don't think Embiid can. I really don't. because and That's fair. The, but if you're asking me who's close, it might be him. But outside of that, sure. I don't think there is anybody. Sure, if there if there is going to be someone down the road, I think it would be Embiid. But here's the thing: I feel like in order for Embiid to win it, he has to have a wing. Yeah. And look, Jokic needed Jamal, and that's fair, right? You're always gonna need guys. You're you're always gonna need somebody. But my point is, I feel like for me, I feel like Embiid would need a Tatum. Yeah. And I then agree. there's an argument of like, well, I think Tatum's actually the better player, right? And and the reason why I say that is because the offense can't run through Embiid. Now, can he develop that? Maybe, maybe, right? But it just won't be the it, same, right? Like like Dame. Dame is an awesome three point shooter. He's incredible. He's a great point guard. But there's a reason why he. There's a like. Yes, he is maybe as close to Steph as you can get to, right? As far as point guards go, Dame is, a, is, is close. He is the Kobe to Jordan. But not even that, though. There is a massive gap between Steph and Dame. There is, to me. Not as far as, like, Dame is super talented, and he's an incredible three-point shooter. But there is a gap. I would agree. Whether, whether that's, and a huge gap. Like, it is 
they like Steph to me is out of this world and and Dame is standing on earth. Hmm. Like that's how big of a gap to me. And even though they're both great players and even though Dame is an awesome awesome player, there's a difference whether you talk about leadership, whether you and not to say that Dame isn't a good leader, but when you talk about all of those things, it's not just shooting, it's the playmaking, it's the handles, it's it's even the defense, it's it's the selflessness. It's and look, I'm not saying Dame isn't, but there's another level to that. And that's where Jokic is now amongst the centers in the league. Yeah. He can't be touched. No, he changed he the can. game. He's changing the game, I should say. And you're going to start to see more centers. This this might revive the big man in the NBA. Guys who want to work in the post. Now, and it's not going to be the it, traditional completely back you down all right. game. These guys are going to be more versatile. Like and next is. week, next week, there's a center coming into this league that most people think could be a top five player of all time, including me. He is the greatest prospect ever yeah. over LeBron James. He is the greatest prospect. If you put 18-year-old LeBron and Victor Wimbanyama in a draft, the majority of people will probably would probably pick Victor. If you didn't know who LeBron would turn into, obviously, most people would pick Wimbanyama. Yeah. He down. is the greatest prospect of all time. Hands down. And he's a center. He should be watching what Jokic just did. Yeah, I mean, maybe to an extent, he has he has a different skill extent. set, but um, right. he can he can change the game in his own right, being a seven five Kevin Durant. But but then even, I, I, even with KD, like there's another level, right? Like there's like, yeah, KD's great. He's the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest scorer in NBA history. But there are other things in KD's game and off the court. That just don't work. Sure. Right? No, I agree. Realistic. Like, I feel like if KD had those other things, he should have been a top five player of all time. Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't because there's a different level. Like, there there are different levels to this. And and that's what I kind of want to get to with Jokic is right now I have him at 18. I also, um, I have him behind Giannis. And the only reason is because Giannis has two Defensive Player of the Year awards. Um, that's the only reason. But those two, I think, will be top 15 of all time. I think those two will eventually pass Katie, Moses, Dr. J, maybe West, Jerry West, and can be in the conversation of with Hakeem and, and Steph eventually. I think those two can, whether or not, and and it's not just about winning championships, right? But yeah, Steph has four, but only one NBA Finals MVP. Like there's, yeah. there's again, there's levels to it, but um, I think eventually both Giannis and Jokic will be top fifteen players. But I, uh, uh, Nick Wright actually said this today. It's going to be very interesting over the next five years the battle between Giannis and Jokic of who is the best player in the world and who has more success over the next five years. Because yeah. they're both 28. They both have won. Uh, they, they both have won two MVPs. They both have one title. And they both have one finals MVP. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the next five years will be really fun with those two. Yeah, they're likely to be the faces of the league. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a cool thing to think about too. European-born players being those guys. Um, no, Jokic is transcending the game. He's changing the game. Um, 
I think he'll he's already up there as at least when you talk about the greatest bigs of all time, you cannot now leave him out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think you didn't you couldn't leave him out before last night, but now you really can't. Um, last thing I want to get to before we head out um, is the comparison that I sent you. And I said this last podcast or a couple podcasts ago. You told me I was jinxing it. Oh, my God. I didn't even watch the video. I didn't even want to watch it. Jokic is similar to Mahomes. Similar to Mahomes. In that anything you try to do to stop him, he finds a way he to counter that. And I'm I'm not saying in, in maybe watchability, even though I think Jokic is extremely watchable and enjoyable watch. But in the simplest form of... Anything we do to this guy, he figures it out. We oh. have him hemmed up in a rush, and he somehow, somehow escapes the defensive end's arms, and he's vertical, parallel to the ground, and he chucks a ball, and it's in the receiver's hands perfectly. We have Jokic caught up, and there's 2.9 seconds left, and he just has to heave it from 36 feet, and it's net. That is special to me, and... I just think it was a great comparison by Colin Cowherd, um, who who broke that down today. Now, obviously, Mahomes has a little bit more championship success than than and Jokic. He's, he's way younger. And well, I he's, guess not. He's he's twenty seven. But both are currently. No. Well, it's Mahomes. Both, uh, I think he's like twenty five or twenty six. Both are currently the best player in their league right now at this time. Um, at least that seems to be the consensus among a lot of NBA people. Is that he's twenty seven at this time is, is the best player. Um, so I just want to say, I think that's a very apt comparison. I made it a few podcasts ago and I was killed for it. I was told I was jinxing and all this. I didn't get off the Jokic train. I still thought he could be the guy you could build around for a championship. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying I believed, well, I didn't believe in the team all year. Yeah. I was going to say you didn't believe squat. Listen um, here. It was all a ploy people. It was all reverse yeah. psychology. Yeah. It was yeah. I I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I was reversing mm-hmm. everything. Because if I just mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah, they're going to win, then they would have lost. But if I came into this saying, ah, they're going to lose, and then they won. See? See? You can mm-hmm. thank me later. Yep. Uh, if we're, you know, praising ourselves, uh, I did say after Super Bowl, whatever we're on, um, that uh, there was going to be another 15 to win a championship this year. And I remember you you replied saying, oh, I didn't know Giannis or uh, Kevin Durant we'll to, changed his number to number we'll to 15. Check, we'll have to check the records on that. I don't, I don't remember ever saying that. Um, <laughs> lastly, speaking of uh, 75th anniversary, now when they do the 100th anniversary yeah, team. Yeah, the Nuggets will have a player. The Nuggets yeah, will be there. Yeah, the Nuggets will have a player. So. There you go. Um, and if, listen, if they do make it to two, three, maybe get two or three, Jamal keeps performing this way. Might have two. May have two. All right. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, it's crazy that on the 169th episode, we got to speak about a Denver Nuggets finals victory <laughs> of this podcast. That is awesome. Easily the best podcast we have done thus far because of the meaning and the weight of it. Um, hopefully guys like Gary Harris and Monte Morris and all those guys get something special out of this. Not a ring, 
something to show their appreciation um, and all the guys who, who helped pave the way for this. Um, do you have anything else before we sign off? Um, no, I just hope Russell Wilson learned something. You know what? And, and part of me is excited that they were there last night to see that. Yeah. In particular, Sean Payton. Um, and I know he's been to the mountaintop before, but I hope they see like, man, like this is how these fans get for the Nuggets. And even even though the Nuggets won last night, they're still not head honcho in this town. Imagine if we get back to the top and it's not 18,000 in the seats. It's 75, 78,000 in the seats. And there's millions of people downtown. Now, there's probably going to be millions at the parade on Thursday. But um, it's crazy. And, yeah. and I'm kind of glad that they were there to, uh, to see that. All right. That's going to do it for us today. We thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy the finals victory. Bask in it. Retweet everything you can. And uh, enjoy it, Denver fans, because for the next two hours, Denver is title town. Title town. Until until Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, and then we're just NBA champions. And then Yeah, and then we're just NBA champions. And then before you know it, we're going to be in Broncos country. Broncos season. So let's ride. For Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Stephen Preach Jr., Signing off for all of those beautiful people. Wait, on board. one yes. question. Yeah. Who's throwing out the first pitch at a Rockies game? What player? Uh, or is it Malone? Uh, well, it's definitely not going to be Jokic because I can never find him in the offseason. Um, I'd say Jamal or MPJ. Okay. With a I, sl- I, sleeper candidate of Bruce Brown. I was going to say, I think it's going to be Bruce because Bruce has been going in some Rockies yeah. games. That's if he resigns. Sleeper candidate there. Sleeper candidate. Oh, no, 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 no. He's forever at Nugget. Oh, well, absolutely. But, yeah. No, but, I mean, don't... if he doesn't resign here, then. Well, I mean, in Rockies game. Well, I, I'm pretty sure McKinnon threw the first pitch like two days later. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, or AG. You never know. Just have them all go out there. Just have them all <laughs> line up and just all throw pitches. Why not? For Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Stephen Priest Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Ha <laughs> ha